It's time to open the windows and clear out the cobwebs. Hi, this is Anita Joyce here with Kelly Wilkness, and this is Decorating Tips and Tricks. Today's episode is Spring Clean Like Never Before. And, you know, cleaning is something that isn't my thing, but the good news is I am with a cleaning expert today. (laughs) (laughs) And every day, for that matter. But, you know, it's not one of the accolades I was really hoping to get, but I I mean, that's. Oh, you were were looking for Miss America? Oh, oh. Is that available? I will take it. Not for you. I know. I'm sorry, but I think you have to be. I think you have to be unmarried for that. So, oh, that's well. We'll see. See, I'm not going to change my status for that. (laughs) Yes, spring is the perfect time to sweep away the dust, throw up the windows, as Anita said, and let the sunshine in. And if you do that before you clean, you're going to see all the stuff that needs to be cleaned because the sun reveals a lot of dust and cobwebs and other things that might be lurking around your house that you're going to want to get rid of. I recently took down all those pictures that I have displayed over my kitchen door, the 10-foot door with the graduated Mm -hmm. height, Mm -hmm. little white to medium-sized white pictures that I love so much. I was sitting there one day and I thought, hmm, have I taken those down since I put them there in the perfect order? And I thought to myself, no. And when I went up there, boy, was I surprised to find what had landed on them. No one touches them. They just sit way up high. But you know what it is? It's the the oil in the Mm -hmm. air from Mm -hmm. the stove, and then it attaches itself to stuff, and then it's just a dust magnet. Mm -hmm. I mean, I recently just really scrubbed down the cabinets in my kitchen, and I couldn't believe the stuff uh, kind of near where the stove is that I was cleaning off. Mm-hmm. It's it's really scary. And in photos, our homes look incredibly impeccable, <laughs> but you just never oh, yes. know what lurks behind or on top. You can't see that. Well, and I have another lurking, scary thing that's happened in my house. And that no, is... You had a lurking, scary thing last time that happened in your house. What's now? Well, there's always something. <laughs> well, I mean, this has been a problem because, you know, for a long time, I've had a housekeeper uh, because it's just not my thing. And that's just the way it happened. And during the pandemic, she stopped coming. And mm. so I had to fend for myself. So I'm like going through the cabins. <laughs> I'm like going through the cabins going, what's here? What, what do I have? I don't even know what's in here. And so I'm like pulling stuff out. And so I just started cleaning with the supplies. I, and, and like I found the bonnet container. I'm spraying, you know, I, I'm like, okay. I was so proud of myself doing it myself. And I'm spraying bonnet all over the floor. And I'm like almost done when I look at the container really closely, like with my glasses on, and realize that she had crossed out the bana and written something else on there. And it was like toilet bowl cleaner, toilet bowl cleaner all over my floors. No, was it? Yeah. And but, you know, she's never come back because I decided I thought I'm going to try. No, no, no. She can't. It's not that. We, I decided I'm just going to start doing it myself because that was kind of my workout. So yes, I decided to combine. Yes, yes. So I've been, I'm doing it now, but I kind of went under there in preparing for this episode because I thought, hmm, let me see what cleaners I do actually use. And I found more containers where she had put some mystery something or other in a mm. container that had a different label. So I'm pulling all those out and I'm getting rid of them because Lord knows what that stuff is. 
Okay, now this is a, an aside, and this would probably never happen to anyone at home, but there is a, a cautionary tale in here because you, you really shouldn't put other chemicals in containers that at some other time contained other chemicals. True. Because you don't know how they're going to react together. Okay? Agreed. Yeah, so, and this has been under my, yes, who yes. knows how long that's been And there? it's been in a closed cabinet, right? Oh, I don't yeah. want to scare anybody, but back when I was an attorney, my law firm had a very large case that we handled. Uh, it was an old-timey um, hardware store with the wooden floors out in the Hamptons, and whoever was cleaning up did the floors with some sort of liniment cleaner or something you know, f- for the floors, like they had always done this. But somehow some other chemical was even just kept in the same closet, Whoa. closed closet. And over 4th of July weekend, it was blazing hot one oh. year, over three days. It blew up and blew up the entire hardware store. Whoa. And stores on either side. It was crazy. So that's not good. I would get anything that is crossed out with some other <laughs> stuff in it. So I need to get the other out thing of out there. there. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then you're going to have uh-huh. to figure out how, you know, what it is and how to dispose of it because some of that stuff you just can't pour down the drain. Okay. Uh, wow. True. This is a level of cleaning that I never thought we were going to get to today. So let's bring it back to, to what we want to really share today, which is cleaning can be fun. <laughs> you know, and I'm still trying to tell myself that I'm mm-hmm. not sure I'm there, but I do have the joy of the clean house. But the thing is, it's really just good for 24 hours, if that. Oh, well, yes, that is a problem. But when it is done and you can step back and enjoy it, it's very satisfying. There are things that, is that we do in life, in work, that are just never done. You know, you have to touch it every day. You have to work on it every day and every day. It's never, it, there's never a done time where you can really step back and look at it and say, oh my gosh, look how beautiful this looks. But the other thing about cleaning is that it really does, at least for myself, and I think for anyone, if you approach it the right way. It really helps you clear out the old and make way for the new, literally and figuratively. Right? So I'm not just talking about objects. It's, it's an opportunity to really get in a state of you know, moving things out, out of your life, clearing away the old stuff, and seeing your home in a new way. But when you make it physical, like you were saying, it also might enable you to mull over certain thoughts, get a little workout in. I think it's really good on so many levels. And I don't shame you, Anita, for having someone help you with the house for <laughs> however long you did that. I had somebody help Most me too. Most of my life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when my kids were little, I certainly had someone who came and she was also the babysitter. It was all really great. But at some point, uh, you know, I think it's it's sometimes, like you said about during the pandemic, for us, it was during a renovation at our former house where I said, you know, Catherine, it really doesn't make sense for you to come and clean everything because at the end of the day, I have to clean the, you know, the sheetrock dust off everything anyway. So that stopped. And I realized that I really like doing it myself. My mom was an artist and she was not into cleaning, did not notice if things were clean or not. And as a child, that was my job to clean the house. Did not like it. Now, the good news was she didn't really notice what a crappy job I did. (laughs) 
That's the good news <laughs> because she just wasn't on her radar. In fact, at some point I was just like, you know, I was getting a, an allowance for doing it. And I said, you know, I just, it's not worth it to me. This money is not enough. And I said, I just, I can't keep doing this. As a kid, I'm like, no, I'm done. Oh, and it she was, was you, you I'm quit? like, no, I, I quit. You quit, I quit your allowance job? I, I are you allowed to, to but I was told I was not allowed to quit, you know, because well, it was government yeah. controlled and, you know, <laughs> Well, I think either your mother or you should have taken the approach of getting you a little French maid outfit. And you might have taken to it a whole different way if you had a little feather duster and you can mm, walk all around. I don't around. think so. <laughs> there might be a situation where a lot of people come from that background with cleaning where it was forced upon them and it was kind of like sort of a punishment, even if you were getting your little chintzy allowance for it or something like that. So maybe you're coming to cleaning from that angle and, that, and that's not too pleasant. But think about it as a way to do a little home therapy and a little self-therapy. It's a really terrific low-cost or actually no-cost boon to your well-being. And I have to say this, it is a time when I spend the time pleasantly listening to some of my favorite podcasts. So there if you're you not go. already listening to us while you're cleaning, why don't you try that? Because, uh, you know, it does make it go a little bit faster and it's a little more interesting and it makes it a little more fun if you're not into it. But I am trying to focus on the enjoyment of having everything clean. Uh, now, my housekeeper was fantastic, so she was amazing. So I, there was not, no stone left unturned. But when you are doing it yourself, you know for a fact that it's all been taken care of. Yes. A lot of my friends I know have house cleaners that they like as a person, but are bad cleaners. <laughs> so oh, they're not no. even getting a good job done. But yeah. that's another story. So yes, I look is. at it as physical activity and opportunity to get in touch with my house more. Like you're really into it. It's kind of the way I feel about the garden. Like I'm out there digging, not because, you know, I couldn't go get ask somebody or hire somebody to do it because I want to. I like being there. I feel really part of it. And I kind of get that same feeling when I'm down and getting, you know, serious about cleaning my house. And you don't have to do serious, serious cleaning every week. Of course, there's going to be some times where you just sort of gloss and stuff over. I mean, you know, time is important and there's not enough of it. But today we're talking about how to spring clean like never before. So now we're sort of mentally in the space to talk about uh, cleaning. So we'll get into the tips, but definitely think about it as sort of a mindful meditation. I love what Anita's saying about listening to great podcasts because, you know, there's not enough time for that either. Uh, and we certainly have a lot of back episodes if you haven't listened to those all or put in a really great playlist and just rock out to some music that you don't normally enjoy because, you know, you'd be listening to it out loud or in the car and other people might be there. You can listen to whatever you want. And I sing along, which no one likes. So they always want me to put the vacuum on <laughs> if I'm singing. <laughs> I want to remind you that we are available for design consults. We take on your design dilemmas, questions, renovations, any project you want to talk about, any room, any space, we are here for you. And we really do enjoy doing these. And I think we've helped people a lot. So if you want to sign up for a consult, head to the link in the show notes. It's decoratingtipsandtricks.com slash consult. We hope to talk to you soon. Well, I think the first tip I want to throw out there is something that we both believe in, Kelly, and that is to use the least toxic cleaners 
that you can. Uh, this is something I, it's kind of like, think about if you're going to war, you want to use the small, the least weaponry that is needed. You don't want to go with a nuclear bomb if just a little gunshot will take care of it. And I think that's the same with your home. Sometimes I really do have to get out the bleach to get on that grout clean in the shower sometimes. But with besides that, I really try not to use bleach at all, except maybe the toilet bowl cleaner. But everything else, I just don't use it because it is very toxic. And in most cases, it's really not necessary. But it's also... A point that you've brought up before that I wanted to bring up again, if you're planning a shower, minimize those grout lines. Go with bigger tile if possible because that is going to really drive you nuts if you have a lot of them when you're cleaning. I so agree. I have the small hex tiles inside the shower in my bathroom mm-hmm. and there's just a lot of grout. Me and too. I, yeah. I did the walls in slabs of marble, which is fantastic. Why didn't I do the floor in bigger tile? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually had that thought in my head. I'm sh- shampooing my hair and I'm like, next time these tiles are going to be at least eight by eights, 10 by 10s. <laughs> That's right. But And so one of the items I'm going to include, and I have a few items that I'm going to include in the show notes specific tools or cleaners Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i'm including a grout tile brush so it's a very stiff brush you can use on the grout and i found that really comes in handy now i don't need to use this every time i clean the shower but if it's been a while yeah it is really good to get them clean and this one's less than five dollars Ooh, deal okay i kind of have a specific protocol i just it'll come up on me like this is the day and i have to say because i do like doing this i don't just do it once a year heavy duty in spring i i also do it before i start doing the christmas decorations which is a great time and then i'll do it again you know sort of at the end of the summer so maybe three four times a year heavy duty clean like never before insert your season. Now we're talking spring because that is the time when everybody talks about spring cleaning. So great time to share this advice. I will go room by room, just like the way we talk about decorating. Don't water bug all over the place because maybe, maybe, maybe you're going to have other things to do that day and you're not going to be able to do your entire house. So at least you can get that one room done. If you have a home with more than one floor, ideally you could get a whole floor done in a day because that feels really good. And I always think if I only can get one room done, somebody's going to go in there and they're just going to somehow bring the dust from the other room they were in into my (laughs) clean room and it makes me a little crazy. So room by room is good. Floor by floor is great. Whole house is ideal. So maybe you just set aside a whole day or a whole weekend where you get to it. Kind of like when people say, we're going to clean up the garage and it's going to be all weekend. Well, this is going to be your spring cleaning weekend for your house. And you do room by room, go to the next, top to bottom in each room and side to side. As Anita said, uh, the woman who used to work at her home, leave no object, cabinet, rug, unturned, get to it all. And, you know, there's so many different approaches. One is the every week or every two weeks, you just take a day and do the whole house. Some people take the approach that you're going to take a little bit, uh, maybe spend 30 minutes a day or 15 minutes a day, and then eventually you get to the whole house. 
I actually kind of take the approach like this, and I don't do it quite like what you're saying. I do it a little differently. Uh, what I do is I start with the, so I'll start with dusting and, and you know, any kind of furniture polish. I do start, I do at least a whole floor, but I try to do the 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 second floor and the first floor all in one day. And so that knocks everything off into the floor uh, that doesn't get on my, um, you know, my duster. And then I do the baseboards, whole house. Who you do. I remember you were surprised when I told you about those. I I didn't know I had to do the baseboards. This was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) What happens to them? What do they need to be done? Right. And so then, then everything may have fallen on the floor. So then the next thing is to vacuum all the floors. Mm, And then you... You know, Bana or whatever you're going to do on all the floors. And then I go to the bathrooms. So I kind of break it up bathrooms separate from the the bedrooms and living room, dining room, because they're different cleaning products. And so I kind of like to get... <laughs> and with you, they're mystery products. Sometimes. And some of them are mystery <laughs> products. But, uh, but with that, I just get out... So I just kind of get out whatever tool I'm using and do the whole house. Then I'm done with that tool. Then I get the next one. So like the duster, get all that mm-hmm. out. Okay. And then and I use a lamb's wool. I think maybe we can talk about what we use. I use the lamb's wool duster. Uh, oh. And I kind of take it in the backyard and kind of shake it out mm-hmm. um, to get all the dust off of it. I use that. I have a baseboard buddy. And I'll link to that. I've mentioned it before. But it does a great job. And so it keeps you from getting on your hands and knees mm-hmm. to... Uh, to uh, clean everything with a cloth. So it's it's kind of got on a long stick and it fits on the baseboard. And it's really great for any kind of molding on the walls, mm. like chair molding and all that stuff. So it's great for cleaning that. And then I have, uh, and then once I'm down to the floor, I have a tri- kind of a, tr- a small little dust mop. And I found one like it on Amazon that I'll include here. I take that underneath the furniture and places that it's hard to get the vacuum in and kind of pull anything out into the middle of the floor so that I can pick up everything with the vacuum. And then the last... a lot of little gadgets. I'm going to check them out. Yeah, yeah. Well, but it's very helpful. But uh, although I have all these, uh, I... uh, my my housekeeper had like a it's like a I don't even know how she used all this stuff. What I have is really just the dust mop, the the buddy, well, baseboard buddy, and then the duster and my vacuum. That's really that's not that much stuff when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm a kind of person who's like using those little rags that I use to move the furniture around. When you have little <laughs> furniture movers, I, I, those are the ones I clean with. So yeah, I, I have I'm very minimal. But um, but I I love all the things you're suggesting, and that grout brush, I definitely get have an eye on one of those. <laughs> um, so that's interesting. So that's a totally different approach. So mm-hmm. yeah, come up with your own approach. Mm-hmm. Use Anita's, use mine, whatever works best for you. But you want to get the job done. I don't always say I'm going to just clean today. I just say I'm going to clean till I'm really either tired or super annoyed with it, or <laughs> I I come up across some hard deadline where I have to do something. <laughs> But it, often I do it in two days. Yeah. So we've already talked about some of the places that you want to hit when you're cleaning. But here's a few more. The doors, the door frames above the door. You probably have molding above your door. Dust sits up there. And so you want to get that down. Uh, the doors where people are touching it, wiping down the doorknobs, uh, wiping down uh, the light switches, uh, pulling the furniture away from the walls. Like we're talking, this is serious spring cleaning. Okay. You may, some people may only do this once a year. So let's get to it. Pull the furniture away, 
roll up the rugs, get under the rugs, and then you can shake them out if they're small enough and then vacuum them. Or if they're too big, you're just going to go to the vacuum. You're going to take the cushions off, the sofas and chairs. You, maybe you'll get some change. So you'll get a little tip for doing this work. You're going to be surprised maybe what you find in there, maybe a lost earring or something like that. So check before you hit it with the vacuum. There might be something good in there. So no spot is off limits or beyond the reach of my rag, my <laughs> vacuum. Uh, my I use a, like a Bona mop, wet mop after I vacuum. Uh, and that's about all I use uh, of, other than obviously some products. And I agree with Anita that you want to go as non-toxic as possible. So we love the Aunt Fanny's line. They have mm -hmm. wonderful products. I use the Aunt Fanny's floor cleaner, mm -hmm. but I use the Bona mop. So, mm -hmm. okay. But that does not come filled. So you're not going to have that problem with putting in a different product into something that has already had a chemical in it. And these are non-toxic, so they probably shouldn't even have a reaction if you did combine uh, something that was non-toxic into another non-toxic product bottle. So I think you're good with that. And while you're doing all this, and I know my friend Anita is going to agree with this, you might be purging too. It, <laughs> there, it might just happen, right? And then you think about it this way, next spring or next time you do this, you won't have to clean that item again. So you really want to, as I alluded to before, you really want to be in touch with everything in your house, right? So if you're touching it and you're like, I don't even like this thing, and now I have to clean it, and then I'll have to clean it again, <laughs> maybe it's time to get it out of there. So I would suggest if you're really going to take this seriously, be ready with some bags the toss, the stuff that's just no, you know, no one would even want from Goodwill. And then the stuff you want to donate or maybe stuff you want to give to your friends. Doesn't hurt to have a few of those at the ready in case the, um, the spirit moves you to get rid of some stuff. Well, and back to the, the kitchen, don't forget to take those, um, the filters off of your exhaust fan, because I know mine, they, they actually, you can wash them in the sink and I scrub them real hard and then put them in the dishwasher. Those get pretty rugged if they're not cleaned pretty often. And then of course, I mean, I actually do this pretty often, but the, and probably because I do so much cooking about every day, I take those, the thing off the top of your, your get my gas stove. I don't know what you call those things. The, the grates? The grates. Yeah. Take the grates mm -hmm. off and then clean underneath those. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's something I do about every day. And then and then I love to take things out of the refrigerator and clean those those uh, shelves <laughs> See? off. See, you do like it. You like I like it. that, and but also it just seems like we've had so much work on our refrigerator lately. I've had to empty it out so many times. Oh yeah, it's gotten nice and clean. So uh, yeah, but it is nice going in there, and it's all nice and clean uh, until somebody gets in there and spills something. But yeah, so I think you're talking about the filter for your hood, for your exhaust. Yes. Hood. Yeah. The exhaust yeah. hood filter. And everybody's going to have different ones, obviously. So, you know, hopefully you kept your manual that came with it, or you can certainly find manuals for any of these things online. So if you're not sure how to take the hood, the filter out of your hood, maybe check online or find that uh, brochure and take a look at the instructions because we don't want you to pull it out and then maybe submerge it and you're not so to submerge it. Right, right, right. You don't check know how your, to put it back in. Check your instructions. Exactly. <laughs> because one time I took them off, the first time I took them off, I didn't quite get it seated right when I put it back. 
I know there was some problem with it. And it turned out I just didn't have it seated properly. Along the lines with the filters. So this would be a great time and a great reminder to change any of the filters in your AC, probably every six months, definitely once a year. If you've got a dog, you're going to need to do it more. I know with our collie, oh oh my goodness. I mean, we probably should have done it every week because Mm. she was just dropping hair. Um, So that's an issue. Now back to the uh, kitchen for a minute. I forgot to mention that under refrigerator brush that was my crush a few weeks ago. Uh, I'll include a link to that again. That's going to clear out the dust bunnies under your refrigerator. And remember, your refrigerator is going to run better without them under there. It's going to keep from getting attached to your motor and heating up and causing some expensive repair. So you're, I'm going to link to that. And then also the lamb's wool duster. I'll link to one of those. And uh, let's see. Oh, and then the beeswax furniture polish. I, I want to be sure to include this. This is a natural product, and I use it on almost everything. It's the best thing to use on your countertops. It leaves a nice wax finish, but a, a, a really nice one. It's got uh, the, it, it has the coolest look on my countertops when I spray that on. It's got just a, just a slight sheen to it, and it's really beautiful. I use that on stainless steel, on the refrigerator, the stove, all that stuff. You can use it on mirrors, furniture. Uh, and it is a very natural product. Uh, this is one of my most popular things that I use, meaning this is one of the most important uh, items that I feel like I have to have on hand when I'm cleaning. Oh, yeah. I love that product. I have that. I order like 12 um, cans at a time. <laughs> so that really is wonderful. I use it on everything, too. So we'll link that. Other places that you could get sort of get inside of the appliance, your washer and dryer, they're supposed to be cleaned out too. And if you pull out your dryer, the the lint catcher, you're seeing that there's a ton of lint in there. Well, it's also sort of in the mechanisms. I know mine is kind of a little touchy, so it really will not work if I don't clean it out regularly. So I take the whole thing out. It's very easy now that I've got it down. You kind of have to drain it a little bit. Then I just hose everything off with the outdoor hose, let it dry, and put it all back in. And it really does work very well all the time. But it, when it knows it's too full, it'll just stop. Probably get better performance out of your appliances if you take care of them this way too. So the brush I mentioned is not just good for under your refrigerator. It's also very good for cleaning out that vent for your dryer. And, you know, we had like a tiny, we had a little smoke in our house one time because of lint. And ours is very hard to clean because it's up on the second floor. And Mm -hmm. you need a, it's not just a little bit up. It's because our house is on like a, it's pier and beam. So it's up four feet off the ground to begin with. So you need a very tall ladder to get up there to clean this thing. So I actually Mm -hmm. have a a guy that I have come at least every six months and clean that thing out. I always tell him, bring your big, tall ladder. But that's what that brush is good for, right? Well, if you need to climb up there, don't do it yourself. (laughs) Definitely call the guy. Definitely want to do that. Oh, and the fridge, you mentioned it. I, I mean, I just don't get why anybody would want to have a dirty fridge because that's where your food is. So yuck, right? I mean, that should just be cleaned out constantly. I mean, every time I go grocery shopping and new things are coming in, I think, oh, this doesn't look like it's viable anymore. That goes out. Wipe everything off. I know I might be a little nutty, but before we put things back, or I should say before I put things back, if it's a condiment or something, I just wipe off the 
the cap and the, the lip, like nothing grosses me out more than stuff like oozing out of like ketchup yeah. bottles and things like that. So yeah. all of that to just be an ongoing it, basis. That, that however, part of spring cleaning. <laughs> it does not seem to bother my family. I, you know, I maybe I'll come back as a person who's more relaxed about things like that. But right now, the person I am does not like any of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't like the icky. I don't want anything sticky in there. Yeah, yeah. yes. Yes, absolutely. You know, when we maintain an organized home, it's really not just about, uh, you know, who has the cleanest ketchup bottle or, you know, whose dryer vent is free of lint. But you, when you maintain an organized and clean home, you reinforce the message to yourself and the people who live there that you are worth the time and effort and practice it takes to live in a cared for and curated space. And I really think without getting all sort of zen about it, I really do believe that that has an impact on how you feel about living in your home and how you feel about yourself. So I think it is really important. You you don't have to be crazy. You don't have to be doing this type of cleaning once a week. I mean, this is extreme spring cleaning that we're talking about and tips and ideas and products to use to make the process a little more fun and also maybe a little more effective and, you know, point you in the direction of places you might not have thought about cleaning. But doing any type of tidying, cleaning on an ongoing basis, and then these heavy-duty cleans once in a while, I think is really going to send a great message to yourself personally and the people that you live there and anybody that you bring into your home. So I think it's really important on so many levels. Okay, so what are we defining today? Suzanne Fabric. And this is something that I've talked about before. You and I love a lot of the decorating that you see in the UK. So I know you know what a Suzanne is, uh, but it's not something I see a lot in the US, but it is a large hand embroidered textile panel. And the word comes from the Persian word Suzanne, which means needle. It originates from nomadic tribes in the areas of Uzbekistan and Kazakhstan and all of those stan countries. It's kind of around <laughs> there. Uh, so these are, they're really beautiful. A lot of times they're in reds and blues. They're really bright, bold colors. And experts think they've been around since the early 15th century, which makes sense because these are tribal uh, textiles. So their primary use was within the yurt as a protective wrapping for textiles and belongings. They were also used as prayer mats, bed sheets, and for seating. And they were made by brides and their mothers. I love this as part of the dowry. So it was kind of a thing that the the women did together as a family. They're usually cotton, but sometimes silk. And the pattern is usually drawn on the cotton or the whatever fabric there is before it's embroidered in these very portable narrow looms. And as you might expect, if they were a nomadic tribe, they would need to have a portable loom. And the patterns that you typically see are the sun, moon, flowers, leaves, vines, fruits, especially pomegranates, and more rarely, fish and birds. But uh, they really make a beautiful statement in your house, and you can use them as a bed covering or even a tablecloth or as a throw on your sofa, and they're really beautiful. Nice to know. They're very special. I mean, there are some reproductions of course there's a lot of like a Suzanne look but i assume getting a real Suzanne they're probably pretty expensive right i would say no i mean considering really? what they okay. are I, I, mm-hmm. I look at them and i do believe they are still made by hand in most of these cases but mm-hmm. they're not that expensive huh 
Tell me your crush. Well, my crush is the YouTube channel called How to Renovate a Chateau. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's this really charming couple, Anna and Philip, and they're doing most of the renovations themselves. The chateau is in France, and they vlog about it and in their YouTube channel. But they're just very cute, and they're just a very charming couple. They clearly are enjoying what they're doing. They're very playful with the way they photograph things and, and kind of uh, build in some stories. And I think you're going to really love it. Anna's from the UK, and Philip, I don't remember where he's from. It may be Germany, but I'm not sure. But it, they're delightful. Go go check it out. What's your crush? My crush is a book that I listen to, and it's an older book. It is called The Pursuit of Love by Nancy Mitford. And the BBC has also made an adaptation of it. The narrator of the this particular version that I listened to on Audible was terrific. It is a sort of lighthearted, but there's a lot of social commentary. Nancy Mitford was writing about pre-war England, wealthy society, kind of like Henry James was doing for the society in New York. It is a really great listen on many levels. So it's called The Pursuit of Love by Nancy Midford. It's actually free if you have Audible. At least the first one was. She has three in this series. And I went back to listen to the next one and it was a credit. So I didn't have a credit available at the time on Audible. So I don't know if because I listened to it, they decided the next one was going to cost me a credit. But The Pursuit of Love was a free listen. And it was great. Nancy Midford, The Pursuit of Love. And if you want to watch it, you can check out the BBC adaptation. Oh, wonderful. How fun. Yeah, you'd like it. Definitely. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. And remember, we are here to inspire you to create a beautiful and clean home. Until next time.